Welcome to Lucky Boys Podcast. I'm your host, one half of your host, Norm. And I'm Will. We're here with episode five. Welcome back, guys. We made it. Five yeah, episodes. Five episodes. Whoa, we didn't quit on this yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's uh, you know, what they say, usually you're, you're hot out the gate. And then, uh, you know, as, it, as the days, weeks go by, you tend to dwindle kind of like... Uh, I guess New Year's resolutions. Oh yeah, I mean five episodes is still, it's still sh- like short. It it's is. still early, so you know you get you you get off the gate really strong. You know you're pumping out those you know pushups, bench presses. I think we're at that stage where it's like cardio stage, right? Day five. Oh cardio. yeah, we're still we're still very, uh, very raw. We're raw. A little yeah. out of shape. <laughs> <laughs> still sore, you know. Still yes. sore after after uh, uh, like a thirty minute workout. Yeah, still working on uh, improving our uh, workout. You know, today was and crazy. Routine. Today was crazy. Like sending someone the right address. Yeah, I mean that's that's my bad. Yeah, yeah. So we have a guest. Going on. He's a comedian slash actor. His name is Joshua Pallet. Joshua Pallet. Yes, yeah. great uh, actor. Great actor. He's very yeah. he's a funny guy. He's interesting. Uh, amazing to work with. Uh, we work. We work with them so far on a couple of projects, and it's always been uh, a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Is, and, he, uh, is he? Is he? Uh, is he? Just for just just for FYI, Norm. He's he's supposed to be in that chair right there, uh, but Norm sent him the wrong <laughs> address. So this guy has. He's walking around all of Brooklyn. I sent him three hundred blocks away from the right address. So he's he's only three hundred blocks away, <laughs> or three hundred streets. Um, yeah. So yeah, Josh. I, I think he's the first actor that we worked with that ha- doesn't have theater experience. Right. Yeah. That's, That's crazy. Right. He comes from, yeah, he comes from the film and television. Right. Straight out the gate. Yeah. Yeah, no theater experience. And uh, yeah, it's weird because like he's, usually when we work with people that aren't in theater, it's 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 a little more rough around the edges, especially when they're not that experienced. Yeah. Yeah, but but he's been in the game for a while. When we first met him, yeah, 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 that's yeah. right. He's, he's quite re- a bit of experience. Yeah, I remember the first production we had him on, The Streets. Oh, oh he killed it. I mean, like it. he just—he was supposed to play this really obnoxious coworker, and he just someone that you it. love to hate. Yes, you ever had a coworker that you just wanted to just never be in the same room with them or have a meeting with them? That's the type of co- the character that he was supposed to play, and he just. He just nailed it. I don't know. He, he just like he knew how to become that obnoxious person. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd like to give a lot of credit to the director and the writer. Of oh that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. We should have him on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we should. We should. We should definitely have him on. Yeah, but Josh was fantastic, and uh, you know it was a lot of fun. I, I actually, you know, speaking of that web series, I've received a lot of requests since we started doing this again. Yeah. Uh, since we started, I guess, popping up of uh, on the YouTube channels or whatever, really? sharing our stuff. Yeah, I've been getting a couple of messages. Uh, we got a comment um, saying that they want the streets back. <laughs> uh, I, I I don't know if that was like a, a way of saying, stop doing this and just, just give me the streets. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, yeah, do whatever you want to do, but give me the streets. A subliminal message. Yeah. From one of our fans. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I, I, I do have an itch, man. I mean, I, I, I do have that itch to revive it um, and, and just continue and pick up that mantle and and 
progress that story because I do have so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but you built a world. It's like um, it's like the Good uh, Godfather or Goodfellas. You built a, a world that people don't have really insight on, and it's interesting because there's so many. Uh, ways you can go with the story, right? It's right. a lot of characters that were never fully, like, kind of fleshed out that you want to explore. It's sort of like, oh man, yeah. It's, oh, like, it's like when you cr- when you first watch a uh, uh, a pilot episode, like a Lost or something, and there's so many ensemble characters that you just want to follow and explore and find out their backgrounds. It's, that's I think that's something you know you you help, you created um, you created this world. You created these characters that. I think people are very interested and invested in when we first showed it, right? And 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 that's why there's just so much, there's so much. Uh, I guess you can say, people clamoring for more of the the similar stories, right? Right, right. And but it's a very niche market. Um, I, I, it's it's very tough to do on on a on a tight budget, any film for that matter. And when you're doing something that is a crime drama. I mean, you're going to need a lot of good actors. That's one. Two. Realistic. Yeah, realistic stuff. Characters. And uh, you're going to need a budget because you want to always improve on your craft. You want to make it better than you did previously. And that's going to be tough. I think that's probably the toughest part is is finding the time because we have so much on our plate now. Mm-hmm. Um uh, finding the time like this to, podcast, to do, like know. a feature film, we're trying to finish. Yeah, um, yeah. A couple of kids at home. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of kids in the world somewhere. No, it's kidding. No, a full full time job. Right. Uh, so it, yeah, it's 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 very challenging. But I mean, I I, f- I feel like that if we really wanted to do it, we could. Um, but the 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 challenge is doing it good, right? That we could do it, but I just I'm just not confident that it would be good, given that we have so many our focus is directed in so many areas. Whereas if I was doing this, I would just want to just cut everything off and just make this my priority because I would want to do this with incredible justice. Now the focus is is uh, we we have a lot of things coming out and we have something special for for some of our fans for Halloween. Then I can't divulge. Or well, can we divulge it? I don't know. Why not? <laughs> Shoot. Yeah. So we, yeah, yeah. So we had this uh, <laughs> feature horror, horror feature horror film in uh, submitted into film festivals. Right. Um, and we didn't get picked for any of them. So we're no. deciding to release it to our public, to the public and fans, um, closer to Halloween. Closer to Halloween, it'll be. The eve, actually, no, several days leading yeah, up prior it's, um, to it. I mean, all of um, October is really Halloween. Pretty much. Considering, like, if you watch, like, certain channels, like yeah. uh, AMC or something, they always have this Halloween marathon. Isn't that crazy? I'm already seeing stuff for Halloween. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, it's <laughs> when do we get a break? Oh, yeah, like, that's during, right. As soon as September hits, the marketing for mm-hmm. Halloween yeah. gets absolutely bananas. Yeah. And then as soon as Halloween's done, as soon as Halloween's done, we're getting the marketing for Thanksgiving, yeah, and Black Friday and Cyber Monday, yeah. and it's like this constant consumerism. Yeah, and then right after that, guess what? It's freaking Christmas, right? Christmas the marketing for Christmas, and it's after Christmas is what? It's New Year's, New Year's, and after that, you got Chinese New Year. And, and guess what? Day. Guess what? It's uh, Josh. All right, he's uh, tech. He's calling me. 
you, you owe the man a drink or I something. Uh, see, we, we we lost battery. Now we got to recharge. You know? <laughs> we're, we're just not. <laughs> we're, we're just not on our game today. We, like we, we, we forgot to. I I messed up by you know. And I don't know where Josh That's is. He okay. just, he you, just you called me right we now. We are still learning. It's it's like when you start working out, you're gonna make a, your form's not gonna be perfect. There's gonna be with anything new, you're gonna yeah. make the errors and mistakes, and you're gonna fail. And that's okay, see. So we're showing you that that uh, you know what? It's F easy it. To fail. Yeah, fuck that, chair. man. As long as we're trying and we're failing, that's I'm like sinking. That's like all good. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, oh yeah, definitely. You can't be afraid to fail. No, definitely not. Be... Oh shoot! Oh, whoa! Here yeah, we go. Doing a fantastic job at failing. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> really good at it. Get that out of the way now. <laughs> oh, here, 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 here. Let me get your bag. Let me get your bag. Here we go. It's a tight spot. Oh, it's a good it's thing it's not raining. You would have had him walking uh, so many blocks oh. to. I'm soaking wet either way because it's hot outside. Here you go. You want to wear a little headphones? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's get him the headphones. Headphone action. Yeah. Fantastic. What's up, guys? What's up? I was just telling uh, my friend the last time I was here with you guys was when I was auditioning for the streets. Oh, was that like four years ago? Wait, was I don't think it was this. Was it this office? It I was think it might be. It was a mm-hmm. it was a bunch of offices that we I, had auditions at. So I think it, it might have been was. in Dumbo, right? I don't no, know. no, no. It was here. It was here. It was a hundred percent here. You would, you okay. would probably know, you know better. Know. <laughs> I didn't even know we had we held auditions here. We did. We had some auditions. We had our first production meeting here too. Which office? I don't know. I mean, maybe we got the studio. We booked it. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Well, it was like a conference room table. Okay. From what I remember. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I was on the other side. Right. On the other side of the. Awesome memories. Yeah. Like the corners of my mind. <laughs> so we were talking about uh, the streets. Yeah. Uh, we were saying that that's how we met and uh, how terrible you were in it. Mm. And uh, when you watch this back you can you can see what we said about you awesome uh are you gonna play the clip of me and you in the streets you know, oh that yeah. in there <laughs> that'd be cool huh post yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll put that in here yeah so we got uh a couple of things i remember uh spoiler alert but hey it's been out for like five years mm. um you know a lot of people as we were releasing the episodes and you came out in episode one and mm. you premiered in episode one your character People were like, oh, man, I want this guy to fucking die. I want him to get it. I want him to feel the wrath of these gangs. Right. That's and how most people feel about me. <laughs> <laughs> and you never did. No, not yet. They're, they're looking for me, though. Yeah. So with that being said, we, we received a lot of, uh, well, I have uh, requests to, mm. to continue okay. the Streets episodes. We were saying, like, you know, we would do it, but we have so much on our plates. Yeah, we never explored your character. Yeah. You know, we don't know what happened to you. Yeah. It'll be interesting, like, you, you, you kind of went into the underbelly and then kind of, like, made connections with, with our rival gangs. That'd right. be interesting. I think it would be interesting. I, I think that's one way to take it, but I think it would be interesting also if our characters became friends instead of having oh. this, this rivalry. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 yeah. Somehow you save me from, like, getting killed or something. And then it turns out that you're more gangster than the actual gangsters that are in right. this gang. right. Uh, you're more loyal. What I mean by gangsters, like you're more loyal. You're right. more willing to do some of these things, right. and uh, yeah, and then maybe you do have a little bit of, uh, you know, that's you're like a fish in water actually in the mm. underworld. You didn't even know that, right? I'm a sociopath. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I, he doesn't I've, need to be a gangster. I've, I've read somewhere mm. and, and also saw some documentaries where they said, uh, like serial killers, a lot of psychopaths, um, they're actually in corporate America. And 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 
Well, one out of whatever, let's say, a hundred people, mm. I think they say are actual where their brains are where, where they they're can't feel empathy. Yeah, right. they're, they're, they just don't have empathy, right? right. Or uh, they just can't feel sorry for someone or right. put themselves in someone else's shoes. They're, they're psychopaths, right? So to speak, scientifically speaking, right? Right. So they're saying people like that that enter the corporate world. Not saying that they are serial killers, but they have those, you know, they traits, do well. The mental trait they ex- do do exceedingly well, and they're they hold um, executive level they're positions CEOs. within the company. I witnessed it firsthand because I, I know I don't know if you guys know my background. I went to Wall Street when I was sixteen, mm. seventeen years old. I was recruited to work for some scandalous brokerage firm. Like Bitty, like Bertie Manoff type of like Boiler firm? Room, Wolf of Wall Street. Oh wow! That type of that type of deal. I was, I, was, basement. I was still in high school and. Some, oh really? Yeah. Oh wow, that's an early start. A, uh, <laughs> do they usually? They, do they? Do they recruit? No, no. This was from my, high school. No, this at, was, this at, was my neighborhood coke dealer. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wait, wait he was you're, coke you're, dealer and he was a your trader. friendly neighborhood coke dealer. He was an enterprising <laughs> coke dealer who had expanded his business into working for some scandalous dudes on wall street and he thought that i was a very outgoing well-spoken guy yeah and he said i would do fantastic there and he was right and in I ended sales up, i ended up leaving i ended up i say leaving but i dropped out of high school over the summer i went and i got my ged over the summer so i didn't have to tell my mom i'm dropping out right. holy cow i took this program it was like a six-week program i didn't show up for five weeks i showed up the last week i told him my grandfather died. was that like a series seven this was the GED. This oh, was the GED. just so you oh, have a sure. high school diploma, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, sh- I didn't show up for the whole program, and they were like, the test is tomorrow. You can't take it. You didn't study this and that. I was like, I begged them. They let me take it. I ended up getting like three points from a perfect score. And when I showed back up to get my test results, all the teachers were standing up and down the aisles of the school clapping their hands. I was, <laughs> wow. I was like, what? I was like, I That's thought they amazing. were, I thought they were. Teasing me, you know, because I didn't show up the whole time and, yeah. like, you know, they're just mocking me. Yeah. And then the very nice black woman who allowed me to take the test, even though I didn't show up for all the classes, uh-huh. she says, Congratulations, child. You're valedictorian of the school. <laughs> wow. And I won a two year scholarship to St. Mary's College. And uh, I went straight to Wall Street instead. And I worked with sociopaths. And that's. That's the turn of the story. So basically, I did that for several years, uh-huh. and the people who gave the shit the least about other people did the best at it, and that's why I had to leave, because you know I would lose somebody half a million dollars, you know, a million dollars, and I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. Right. I would tell these guys, because you know, I was there when the internet bubble burst, the tech bubble, the oh mortgage, I was there when everything collapsed, and I don't come from a wealthy family. Right, right. And I would tell these guys, like, yo, I feel fucking awful like yeah. these people just lost two-thirds of their net worth you know mm-hmm. he's 70 something years old i can't recuperate that Shh. and they'd be like fuck them wow what, what do you care they're all gamblers they're gonna do it anyway that's the response you get and yeah those guys are still doing it and they're still doing well at it wow and i'm a super successful actor and comedian <laughs> hey well, you're on your path, huh? Yeah, I'm you're on, on my the way. Path. Definitely on my way. Laying down the tra- so yeah I, I i heard something similar where uh one of my colleagues told me she would um, sell cigarettes uh, in bunches. Right? I think she worked for one of these uh, major uh, tobacco companies. And she would go place to place selling cigarettes and, in bulk. Like, and and uh, she t- I was like, do you feel bad? And she goes, no, because if I'm not doing it, somebody else, somebody else would. Mm. 
right. that's exactly she's like, I don't feel responsible at all. It's like I'm not the one giving them. And I guess that's a, a, a way people can justify. justify. I, I think so. Yeah. I'm sure there's some rapists out there like, well, if I'm not going to go around raping people, <laughs> yeah, somebody else is going to do it. <laughs> That's a good analogy, I guess. Norm, Norm texted me yesterday. You have anything off limits that you don't want to talk about? <laughs> wow, Norm. Yeah, well, that's no, that's no. Not that I'm pro that at all. I mean, that's awful and disgusting no, we should, and horrible. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm we just should. Saying, yeah, we shouldn't censor. I don't that's think. how people justify doing anything evil in this yeah. world. They think it's something that's going to be done, and they volunteer themselves for it. Yeah, they, they're saying like, oh, if I'm not going to do it, then someone else is, and I might as well ra- rather. Better, better them than me. Exactly. So. Is that is that how a, a sociopath thinks? Like that justification? I don't know. Yeah, I just. It's I, interesting. I, I don't know, but I, I, I would let, let's say they're not sociopaths, and let's say they have empathy, they have all the qualities. That, um, you know, I think you can harden your mind enough to where you only care about people within your circle, mm. and I don't think that's rare. I actually think that's the default. Uh, at least in New York City, what I see in everyone, they, they, they're rude. They're mean. That's the that's the whole stereotype of New York New Yorkers, right? Uh, that they're rude. Uh, they keep it real. Mm. And uh, but I, I see I know New Yorkers. I've been here my whole life, and you guys have as well. Uh, they can be very gentle. Quite the opposite of that. Right. Right. If they see someone getting hurt, they'll even if they don't know them, they'll they'll intervene and um, kind of restore some faith uh, in humanity back in you. But for the most part, I see people as they care mostly about the people in the inner circle, uh, their families, mm-hmm. right? And and that there's the they're their people that they live for, and because if they could have a uh, a support system, build some financial s- security for them and their family, anything else they do is fair game. All right. is fair in love and war. Right. Right. That's I, that's how I see a lot of these people justify it. Um, even to the point where they'll rip off their own friends mm. or their own siblings. Listen, to, to f- I have a son. You have a kid, right? Well, mm. two kids. To feed our kid, you know, I'll do anything. I mean, if, if my kid is starving, I will do anything for him. If he needs something and it's like a matter of life... I'll fucking I'll do anything. Okay, right. there's nothing that I wouldn't do. Oh for yeah, him. I'll fucking chop off my arm. Exactly. Yeah. Or somebody else's. Yeah. But the thing is, you know, it gets to a point when you're, you know, you're doing stuff for the benefit of your family. How much is enough? Do you do they really need this? You know, because people are justifying it. Well, I want to have a beautiful house and a beautiful car for my family, but you could live a, a lot simpler life and demonstrate greater values to your family, unless. Or you can give them more and show them how to be a scumbag in the world. Right. And, and I'm a big believer in karma. Uh, whether, mm. you're, whether you're religious or not, I feel like if you put that energy out in the world, that's going to boomerang back to you. It may, it may be amazing now and you're going to go, oh, fuck all that shit. No, that bullshit is not true. I've seen people say those exact words. Right. And they gotten they, they made a lot of bad choices. Right. But in the short term... It, it it gave them what they wanted. Right. It answered, it seemed to be like a shortcut. And it, some time went by, and I've seen them get slaughtered, either by the law or by other people, right. or just life in general, just put them in a position that they weren't ready, they weren't prepared to handle. Right. And, uh, you know, the same, I remember hearing in college, uh, one of my buddies, a girlfriend's like, you take shortcuts, you get cut short. Okay. And I've seen that happen. 
Well, you know, the thing is that there, you, there's even exceptions to the rule because you'll see somebody who will live an entire life or a, a, a dynasty of a family that has been scumming people over for hundreds of years, mm-hmm. and they continue to do so. So I'm Jewish, mm-hmm. and, you know, the, the Jewish philosophy, and again, don't take – I'm not the most religious person in the world, but from what I interpreted is the karma in that way, that ends up – affecting your ancestors so like mm-hmm. absolutely maybe your life will be oh. fucking blessed but your grandchild or your yeah. great-grandchild will have to live with that shit and be fucked 100%. over by it 100 percent uh i mean i was talking to norm about this the other day i was like you know i, I want to be the generation that breaks the curse mm. of my family right uh because up until then my my i mean my lineage is not we don't have we're not made from princes and right. and 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 kings right. uh, or, or philosophers for that. I mean, my bloodline comes from farmers, people that went to war. Right. Uh, you know, it's just very. Uh, it's, it's not that blue blood, so to speak. You know, royalty. Royalty. Yeah. Right. Purple blood. Whatever they want to call it. Right. Uh, and I told Norm, like, I want to be the one that breaks it because I look at it like it, it's a curse. You know, I, I growing up, I look into the people's eyes. And I could see the pain, the search for financial security to to feel like they can provide a a roof and food and shelter, all of that stuff. Mm. And now that I'm a father, I start feeling that weight as well. Right. And I have to break the damn curse. Right. You know, because I don't I don't want my children, my grandchildren, great grandchildren. I don't want them to have that same thing where they can't do something because it hasn't been done already by that and that they they have to do this job right they have to wake up every day and go to this job that they fucking hate right that they fucking hate right and it and it kills them and they're sitting down all day and having to listen to some scumbag that's that just happened to be there in a higher position than the, I'm mean, not saying all managers are scumbags but come on you know it's no one loves being told what to do right. and being micromanaged, right? And and you're going to have someone writing you if they end up having a manager like that that doesn't know how to manage and properly coach people in the freaking 2020 right. or what? I mean, well, by the time they grow up, 2030, just because they don't have enough money, you know, to follow their dreams yeah, I, or do whatever they want. I you know? Listen, I have the same situation with me. I don't, you know, I don't come from a lot of money. You know, I'm first-generation American. My parents were born in Israel. They're family was slaughtered in, in by the Holocaust in World War II. My oh. grandmother lost, you know, she had like 15 brothers and sisters and the mother and father. All of them were killed except for a sister and a brother. Um, but from the financial aspect, my father, you know, got to the United States after an honorable discharge where he was hurt in the military in Israel. And he went for it. Like, he really went for it. And my father was worth oh, a lot yeah. of money at some point. Yeah. You know, my dad, you know, he started off when night. He actually started off... Your father's an interesting story. My father's a very interesting. My father, you know, was with wise guys, and my father ended up doing crazy. Like when I first started working on Wall Street, I'll tell you a crazy story. My maybe my second or third day on Wall Street, I'm working at you know one of these Fugazi firms, which at the time was in a beautiful building, and like you know it's a multi million dollar operation going on. But I get introduced to an older broker in the firm, and he sees my last name. He goes Pallet. He goes, "Is your father Steve Pallet?" I go, "Yeah, that's my dad." He's like, let me tell you a story about your dad. He goes, a year ago, he goes, there was this broker. He's working in a firm, and uh, the broker lost some wise guy, like a million dollars. 
He goes, your father comes to the front desk, and to get into the boardroom, you have to get buzzed in. So the lady's asking him who he is and that. You know, my dad's like six foot three. He wears giant cowboy boots. He looks like a, like a yeah. gangster, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, he recognized my dad because my dad had nightclubs at the time. And he's like, oh, Mr. Pallid. Uh, you know, he's All trying to get Queens, on the good right? side. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, Pallid's, it was called, and yeah. uh, Phase 2 and Eclipse. Mm-hmm. But so he's like, let this guy in. Don't you know who this is? This is Steve Pallid. And she buzzes my father in. The guy tells me, your father ends up going to the broker's office and hanging him out the window. And what? Walking, what? And walking out of the firm with a check for a million dollars for the gangster who the guy stole it. I don't know if they ever were able to cash it. What? But that's, he, he did that Suge Knight on him? Yeah, he did that Suge. He was, oh, he, I hear, man. I didn't really know my father growing up. Like, I, my dad was hustling constantly, trying to make money. And, mm-hmm. and I learned more about my dad from, like, meeting, like, old wise guys and, like, people who are from New hearing York City. Hearing stories about Yeah, him. hearing stories. And it was fucked up because his whole life he would always tell me, he had a thick Israeli accent. Joshi, one day I'm going to tell you everything. One day I'm going to tell you everything. And his pursuit of money, you know, he, he, his rise and fall is it's the saddest thing in the world because he went from being nothing from the Middle East mm-hmm. to having millions of dollars and multiple nightclubs and he married penthouse pets and dated the biggest porn stars in the U.S. And he lost the nightclubs. He lost the strip clubs. He kept chasing in the end like... He lost the it dream. All. He tried doing. He tried doing everything in the end. He ended up buying like thousands of domain names. He thought that was going to be the next gold rush. And you know, if you own domain names, it costs you so much money just oh, to maintain yeah. them every maintain, year. Yeah. And like I, I would try to like talk sense into him, but like there was no talking sense. He always had these like crazy ideas, and yeah. you know, he's a big dreamer. He he made a he had this website called PlaydollsXXX.com. Mm-hmm. And my father was a fucking inventor. He, you know, because he knew all these porn stars from the, from the adult, you know, film yeah. industry, he was creating these full body sex dolls of famous porn stars. Mm-hmm. And what a fucking innovator. This is like 1997, I think. He was putting MP3 players in the back of them. And when you would have sex with them, they would moan in the voice oh of the God. porn wow. star that wow. you loved. He was ahead of his time. He was ahead of his go. time. But what happened to him? You know, three Septembers ago, I just celebrated, not celebrated, it was his birthday on the 15th, but he passed away on the 6th, three years ago, and mm-hmm. he died alone in a shower in, like, some freaking hospice care in the middle of Las Vegas with nothing. Yeah. So, you know, to go from king of New York to fucking alone some, in, you know, some alone, and, yeah. the, you know, I didn't have a relationship with him, so he, he basically, he sacrificed having a family and a relationship with his children, which now that I have a kid, I know is the most important thing that you can oh, do wow. while you're alive. It's, it's you and your, your family and your children, you know? And he sacrificed all that in the hopes that he would finally get over that hurdle and accomplish that dream and have, mm-hmm. you know, that money set so that they don't have to, or I don't have to work in some fucking job. Right. And in the end, he got nothing, you know? So it taught me a valuable lesson. So I, when I say that I know what you're going through, yeah. my biggest fear is that I end up like my dad, you know? Right. You know, mm-hmm. I split with my ex three years now, mm-hmm. and, you know, right away I'm like, I'm going to fucking, <laughs> I'm going to die alone in the shower, you know? I'm going to fucking, I'm going to have a heart attack in the shower, uh, you know? Like, but that's like, you know, it's, it's that feeling that, of being cursed, you yeah. know? It's that. That's the thing. And it's, and, and that's, it goes back to what you were saying, uh, you know, it's like, the, the, the people prior generations, your father, your great grandfather, you know, whoever, they pass that shit along. They they pass it down, and 
if if they did some shitty things, let's say they enjoyed it for the time being, or they they passed away before it could boomerang, right? Well, it's just gonna keep filtering down, right? I mean, if you look at a perfect example, I mean, since we're on that topic, if you look at any mobster, gangster, uh, triad, and you look at the parents, any big name, any famous one of those, well, then look at the kids. Go a little bit down the Right, path. of course. And then you can see the, the kid either um, had a, a father that wasn't present or or they grew up in a, uh, an unusual household where their name was feared, but at the same time, there are still people that might want to get revenge on them only because of their father. Right. So, you know, they constantly had to look over themselves. And and maybe they try to continue the family business because their name, you know, imagine going to a job interview and your father is like this godfather or this big name known for illegal activities. Right. And then seeing the name Junior underneath that. or. <laughs> You know, it's just right. who's going to give you a job, even though you're perfectly legit. I mean, that curse is being passed down now. Of course, for those decisions. Of course, might have enjoyed it back then, but right, yeah, because the kids affected, are going to suffer. It's affected so many people, not yeah. just you, not not just yourself, but you know, your 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 father, or your mother, whoever affected people around you. So yeah. it's sort of like. Now, Norm, you're you're come from royalty, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's dragon got, he's blood. Got king's bloods. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No. No. I'm I'm from from our farmers. Farmers. Okay. From the south. Yeah. All right. No. No royalty here. No yeah. royalty. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's very very mundane. You know. Same same thing. I grew up. Uh, immigrant parents. Uh, Nothing exciting like you guys. Like stories. Like. You well, know. Then get out. The doors. Yeah. Right I know. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Kick me out. Um. But just going back, like it's interesting. So, it's sort of like to the secret to breaking sort of like the family curse is it's how we treat our kids, right? How we, you know, how we raise them, mm-hmm. right? It's sort of like you're taking the lessons from your dad. Um, maybe you know he was teaching you a lesson indirectly, right? Mm-hmm. This is how you felt. Um, yeah, this is what well, not I'm, to do. I, I, I'm gonna say it's it's that's a small part of it. Mm-hmm. That seems like because remember life is always changing. My parents, what they taught me as a child growing up is irrelevant now. They said, beat a doctor, a lawyer. That was a shit back then. That was how you get rich. Right. Right? That's how you get paid. But now it's like you're paying all these loans. And if you become a doctor, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, my, my dad turned into an accountant and he was doing accounting. And he was like, son, you make more money than some lawyers that, that, that come through That's the office. 100%. I, uh, you know, so what they were teaching me, what made sense back then doesn't make sense anymore. Right. If you're in sales... Let's say you, you you do some form of like cloud sales. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the jam nowadays, right? right. If you work yeah. for a tech firm and you're doing- Blockchain and- Yeah, and let, let's say, you know, you're making a quarter million. Let's say you're at plan and you, you're seasoned, you, mm-hmm. you have at least eight years experience there. You're banking a quarter million at plan. And if you're one of the high performers, you're, you're, you're probably making more than that, mm-hmm. right? So things are constantly changing. I agree with, I think what you meant was instill these values in them, right? Because, yep. you know, you can't ever- change the hustle but i i think that's a small part of it because you like like that saying goes you can lead a horse to water but you cannot force him to drink even if that's your own blood you know like jordan michael jordan could teach his kid how to play basketball but how much of you know it it, he never made it to to uh, a level of that his father that's a tough fact to follow both his kids were playing basketball right but but they they found their own lane yeah i'm sure but you you could you could teach them things but it may they may not ever hit that level because it's a different world that's constantly changing. 
So I think the key to breaking that curse, it's you. It's you. Whatever you're saying them to them, you do that shit. Mm. You do that shit. Right. You go out there. You hustle. Right. You work hard. You keep these values within you. Because I, I hate that. I hate getting advice from people that don't that aren't supposed to be giving that advice. Right. Like if I'm at the gym and I tell this story, if I'm at the gym and some like hundred pound dude <laughs> with skinny arms is telling me how to bench press, you got wrong form, bud. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm just gonna look at him. Really? Like, you telling me? Shut up, I twig. Am. Get the fuck out of here. Like, you know, I'm gonna be polite. I'm gonna nod, but I'm like this motherfucker. I'm not gonna listen to him how to right. work out. Or he's or a twig like that's coming up to me, saying, hey, "Look, I'm a personal trainer. I'm gonna." You, you, I'm gonna teach you how to. I'm just saying, right? Right. So that that's that's the type of right. thing. When I hear advice from certain people, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at their background. Like, what did you do? Yeah. Show me your qualifications. Where? Yeah. Like you, you're saying, work hard, diet. You can do it, and you don't look like the type to do it. You right. See? That way, you're just you're just saying things. Right. You're just saying things. You don't got the resume. You can't say so that. So set an example. Be an, be the example. Just don't rely on your kids. <laughs> don't you know at the same time especially with asian parents i mean a lot of them look at their kids like an investment right? yeah it feels like an obligation so that's why we we as individuals can't really fly and and kind of work on ourselves and it's it's hard you know you're living in a world where it, there's so many I should things say asian immigrant parents sorry asian immigrant, yeah it makes yeah. sense yeah asian immigrant that parents. culture yeah that culture it's very uh family family fealty fealty or piety family piety Piety? I don't know. You want to use these words uh, three yeah. syllables, bro. Yeah. I told you I dropped out of high school. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you were valedictorian, so that's true, I mean, that's come true, on. That's true. Those so are the three that's why I'm looking at you. Uh, am I saying it right? Uh, and plus, you're white, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh damn. We got, I so went there. I went there. Racist. Racist. I went there. So, real quick. So, my philosophy with my son is this. So, when I grew up, I just first of all, I was a latchkey kid, so nobody was around, so no one really told me shit. And a latchkey kid. A latchkey kid is a kid who's like you know, my parents were split when I was a baby, yeah. so my you know I had a single mom, and she would work because my dad wasn't taking full care of her. Mm -hmm. So I'd go to school, I'd come home, and you lock the door. You're a latchkey kid. Ah, uh, okay. You just basically that was me. same thing. You lock yourself in your apartment, or you same hang thing. out outside all day. Mm -hmm. Same thing. Um, so I didn't have guidance really much at all but I also like the stuff that was said to me wasn't always the greatest even like especially for my dad and I don't want to bash my dad you know he's dead and whatever but for me what, what I do with my kid my assurance I think for his positive I mean I don't know yet we'll see how it pans out 10 years from now but I tell him as often as I can that he's smart oh that's and great I tell him that he's a good person and I tell him that he's generous I tell him all the attributes that I think he should be and I think I believe he is at his core but I think when you tell a child and you, you, you say things constantly, human beings are like, it's like a program, you know? It's yeah. like if you tell yourself internally, I'm a good person, I'm mm. a loving person, I'm you a know successful what? person. That voice, mm. that voice when he hears, when he's down, everybody's going to have their ups and downs, right. right? My dad, I was just with my dad yesterday and he said, you know, life is like the stock market, it goes up and down. Right. But when he's down and he needs that voice and then his subconscious for whatever reason, if you're not around, he's just alone, and he hears that voice. That's gonna be your voice telling him, "You're smart. Get up. I you can do so. this." One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Because for me, when I grew up, right, it was the opposite. It's like, "Yo, you're a scrub. You chink, motherfucker. You ain't shit. You can't do any of that, right?" Or that was your there's dad? no Chinese. That's from the streets. That's from the dad? streets. Oh. I grew up. I grew up in a, and and this is like, I grew up in the '80s, '90s. So right. that was that was when. You know, uh, saying racist things, nobody yeah. really. 
No, there's no internet to get you in trouble. There was no internet. <laughs> um, and it was normal because, like, I would be the only Chinese kid in a group of everyone else. Right. So, you know, there was not... Oh, that was I had yeah. a group like that. You know, yeah. I, I grew up in Queens. You grew up yeah. in Queens too, right? No, I grew up Lower East Side. All right, LES, LES, LES and in Queens. 90s, yeah. It's uh, in terms of I mean, now it's a little different, but mm-hmm. in terms of diversity, it's like the most diverse place on the planet. Right. You know. Right. So like, initially, I, I probably had friends that were closer to my culture when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. But once we got into junior high school, it became we had a thing called the Funky Bunch. So. <laughs> It was like cool. two Korean kids, a Chinese kid, a Japanese kid, uh, two Indian kids, uh, a couple of Jewish kids, you know, and like right. we and we would do exactly that. We call each other kikes, and you're a fucking oh, this, right. and you're yeah. a fucking that, and we would do it all day. Yeah. But we did it out of love. And that's the thing. If somebody else, like I would hang out with Puerto Rican, Dominicans, blacks, Italians, uh, and if somebody else called me chink right. that wasn't in a, they would go in that in your circle. Right. They would go to absolutely and right. say they go to bat for me, and I. They would get more mad than me. Yeah, and I was at that point. I was just so used to being called, you right. know, chink, Chinese, Chino, right. um, that when somebody else said, like it, it just didn't enrage me. It mm. just made me go, "This person's stupid." stupid. And and it didn't matter because I, I I really try my best to not let words hurt me because I would be fighting every single of course like, minute of you know. So when somebody did say that to me, if I'm if, especially if I'm playing sports and they mm. don't expect me to. Uh, do well, do well, uh, which I did very well. They would say things like, or oh, if I'm boxing or whatever, right? And, and, and they would say something. My friends would go absolutely ballistic, jump the kid, do like the craziest things. Like, yo, that that's that's Chinese right. Willie. That's my boy. Like, right. They would go absolutely insane. Right. So, uh, it was weird because on the outside looking in, you're going, that's racist, mm-hmm. right? And me hearing them, I remember a few uh, Chinese people coming up to me like, "Will you won't let them get away with that?" You won't. and then my brother too. He was like, "He came like you won't let them call you Chino." Right. Like, what the fuck is that? And I told him, I was like, Yo, "They're my boys. Like we just right. That's we how just, we talk to each other. That's kind of how we talk to and each Chino other." Chino is not even. It, a, it was more a term of endearment. Yeah. It was a term of, of endearment. It was also a term to like put me in my place sometimes. Like if I start doing too good. Mm. And, and, I, and they're like, oh, Will's Will getting too like gassed up in his head. Yo, you fucking Chino. Right, like, get right. the fuck out of here. So it, they would use it differently, but I, I know right. there were times where the they tone would. The tone was different. They would say it like, like they would say it in a term like just to kind of check me, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I didn't give a fuck. Yeah. You know, it, I, I really didn't care because I, I knew they weren't racist. Right. Uh, but when someone outside said it to me, yeah, it, it was like fighting words. You know, mm. they're coming and, and, and they have this, uh, this uh, preconceived notion of of Asians are a certain way, so we shouldn't, therefore we shouldn't do that. Or they could they think they could say something and then we're not gonna swing back. Right. And they were talking to the wrong, Chino. wrong, oh, wrong group. Wrong yeah. Chino. Right. At that time. <laughs> I'm a dad now, so I'm, I'm pretty chill. Well, that's the thing that's going on right now is that like, we live in a, you know, we live in a very, very safe PC world where words have now all of a sudden become these like, materialized weapons, you know? And I would never, go and use the words that I used to use when I was a fucking idiot teenager. Right. But at the same time, what we were saying, you know, with you and your friends and me and my friends, Mm -hmm. there was, you know, the subtext of love. You know, it was coming from a term of endearment. It was coming from, you know, it wasn't a coming from a place of disrespect, which is why when somebody would drop the same exact words that your buddy might have said to you five minutes ago, it meant something completely different and i think that's what's you know missing in you know these accusations that you see these days you know like people i know that there's people you know who are misusing speech but i'm sure there's a lot of people who if you like listen to it in its full context where is it coming from 
Where is where's the you know where is the where's their heart right. when they're saying? Here's this. what I will say about because I do want to. Um, I, I don't want to preface this as I'm saying it's okay to use these racial slurs as a term of endearment towards me when we have different cultures. Mm. Right? I, I don't want to say that. I grew up as we all grew up it, without much guidance. It was our friends that raised us. We we essentially raised each other, right? So I thought I just thought that shit was normal. I had nothing else, and in my little bubble. I just thought it was normal to call me Chino, Chink, whatever it was, mm. right? It it didn't seem unusual to me because from, you know, me being this tall to me being six foot three, it's it was absolutely normal. Now, it wasn't until I, I left for college mm. where I got out that bubble and I was like, oh, wow, this, this whole thing is, this whole game is different. And... And now that I know better, I do better. And there is no way in hell, right. even though they're my buddies, my old friends, that they would say those because they know better as well. Right. Right. It's not okay to say those things. Like to, you know, my name is Will. Right. right? That that's that's how you know we're gonna address each other. We're right. not. I'm gonna I'm gonna call you by now. I'm not gonna use a racial slur to. Right. Call you. I, I don't even care if it's a term of endearment at this point. It's like we're just not going to do that right now. We used to drop n bombs. Say what's up, mm. my what's up, my n. You used, right. used to say that. No. You know, it's it's it's. Admit I'm it right not, now. I, <laughs> do it. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't use any racial slurs with any of my friends right now. And I, it's just, I know better now. Right. You know, I. I if I'm coming out, if I'm just hanging out and, and, you know, if I started calling you stuff or you, like, I mean, even though we're both Chinese, I, I still wouldn't go ahead and call this guy, you know, unless I'm, I'm trying to be funny and I'm really drunk. But, <laughs> but even though it's, it's in bad taste. It, right. And I think, I think I could be a little more clever in my jokes. Absolutely. I think I, think I could, uh, you know, find other things to get a kick out of than, right. than just looking for a cheap joke. Well, it, it's like the, the Shane Gillis thing that's going on right now. Yeah. Okay, now, I don't know, did you hear what, what was yeah, said? Yeah, I heard okay. the podcast. Yeah, I saw the so, podcast. So you, you guys yeah. know I have a podcast, and we, we right. did uh, 20 minutes on this. Low-end gigolos. Low-end gigolos. That's right. Check it out. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. 100-something episodes. You're going to love it. Whoa, wow. We were just talking about Hitting getting it. through five. Five episodes? Yeah, we have 120 <laughs> episodes. Oh, wow. Yeah, we, we do two episodes a week, so we've been doing oh, wow. it for over a year. Awesome. Um, now, I, I'm all about free speech, and I'm a comedian. You guys know that, and like mm-hmm. I, I say things that go over the line. But I listened to what he did, and the problem I had with it, other than it being racist, it just wasn't funny. Thank you. It was just, it was just lazy. Was... It was just lazy banter and using, like, use like stupid jabs that didn't make anyone laugh. It didn't bring anything like to a higher level. So, like, what the fuck were you doing? All, all I yeah. heard was, all right, so. I have, I have a bunch of friends uh, texting me, DMing, and going, "Will you seen this shit?" Right. And I'm like, "What?" And they and they send me a link, and I I never heard of him prior to all of this, right? right. So, um, and I'm not even taking a shot. I'm just I've right. never heard of him, right? So I I click on it and I, I see the um, a video of him talking with someone else on a right. podcast. Right. It wasn't like he was on stage. Right. He wasn't doing a joke. joke. Yeah. He was on a podcast like us. And he's just talking. Right. So I didn't know he was a comedian. So I'm like, yo, this this is some racist ass shit. Right. Like, and I, I was like, it wasn't even funny. Like, he was just saying things like, the, you know, the, the food or. or the, it's all about noodles. And all this. It sounded like 
like immature kids in like a lunchroom That's true. who yeah. were just sitting next to each other and making fun like of other ethnicities. Oh, yeah. And then I was like, why is there any, who the fuck is this guy that people right. care about what he says? Like, And then I find out, now I'm doing a little bit of research and Googling. I'm like, oh, oh shit. He meant that as a joke? Right. I'm like, how does dude get hired in SNL? <laughs> like that was, that. I was like, that's crazy. Right. That's crazy. But then, but then uh, I saw, I did see a stand up that, that he has, um, out on Comedy Central, and I thought that was a great set. Right, I will say that that shit was funny. I laughed, but that's the thing. You know, that's the thing. It's right. So he's a, he's you... actually. I thought I thought he's actually funny, but in that podcast, in that moment, and he wasn't. So out of context, if you just look, it looks like someone just talking. It right. looks like a hate speech, man. And, right. and we're gonna go with our first gut reaction. We're gonna go this mother. What? But then, what did you say like? Yeah. And then he's disengaged, and that's just not funny either. Right. Right. So he's going at every like other minority group, and if you let's just reverse that. Let's just say it was another minority group, right? He's he's not gonna. He would have been mm-hmm. that 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 slap on a wrist that he got. Mm. It would have been a, a a hammer to a nail. Right. Right. End of career. Type of thing. End of career. Yeah. Look what happened to um the guy. What was the guy from Seinfeld when he just dropped Kramer? Yeah, Kramer. Yeah. Kramer just uh, and he was he on was on stage. stage. Yeah, yeah. He was on stage and he and he was trying to be funny, right? right. So how come no one's saying, "Oh, that's cancel culture." What I, am I missing here? I, let me. Let, first of all, what he did was was ridiculous. What Kramer did was was completely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Dropping the end bombs. Mm-hmm. But I had a show two nights ago, and the reason he did that in the show, not that it's excusable that like you mm-hmm. should ever stoop to that level, mm-hmm. he was getting heckled from the crowd. The right. per- and then he started using. He was getting heckled. They were like videotaping him and like talking and like like mocking him on stage. And I got heckled the other night. I had these fucking disasters. These. Fat, are you still allowed to make fun of fat people? I forget. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. I, I had these, yes, can, that's the you, one thing. On it's this still, show, you can make fun of fat people you still if you do want. That. Still make fun of fat people. Agree with it, Will. Jump on the fucking. Okay, yes, the, yes. Make, make but anyway, she was, they were fucking, you know, fucking up my entire show. I was hosting the show. So, like, I didn't handle it as great as I could have. I didn't, you know, mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't start dropping N-bombs right. or calling her a fucking pig, but... <laughs> You know, part of me, you know, wanted to. But, like, listen, th- th- what I want to get to back to is, so Shane Gillis, that shit's not funny. But then you take a comedian who does material that is borderline offensive, uh-huh. like Chappelle's last special. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw what mm-hmm. he did with the It was fucking hilarious. I, I, I got to be honest. Like, I wasn't offended by that. Because it was well, funny. When, when, he, when that was his, I mean, he was, first of all, it was way off. I don't know any Asian, like, way, but the way he did it, it was just hilarious the timing and mm-hmm. you know you know i i laughed a little bit i i didn't go whoa 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 hey hey <laughs> yeah. hey what, what's the canceled yeah yeah let's cancel this guy right away i mean i love Chappelle. i think it was the premise of the joke that was funny you know that, mm-hmm. i mean it, it, i i don't remember that like did he do like an impression it was, the... yeah it was clever too and then and then he circled back because he knew like some people were going to feel some type of way right so that he had to um dodge that by but i would say and he cleverly did it i think by mentioning Hey, by the way, my wife's Asian. Right. So just to let you guys know, mm. you, you sensitive pricks, right. I'm not racist. So I have a car, I have a pass. <laughs> yeah, 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 I got a, I get a little hall pass. pass, you know, because my kid is half Asian. So, you know, there you go. Well, he also, he gave a disclosure in the beginning. He did, another, I don't know if it was that joke. He did something else really offensive. And he they he had a weird response. Oh, I think it was when he first told the audience the first joke. Right, he was like, where you know who that is? That's you. That's you. And uh, But he tells the audience, he's like, Listen, you paid to fucking be here, you know, yeah. like, and, and that's the other thing. Like, if people are paying for a product, 
Go ahead. If that's your audience, if your audience, you know, like this right. is what they want to listen to, you should. Right. This is fucking America, man. It's right. freedom of speech. You absolutely should. We shouldn't be praising, you know, stuff if it's if it's hateful or yeah. if it's hurting people's feelings. Right. But listen, you know what? You want to be that kind of fucking person. You know, like, no. that's your group. That's who right. you associate with. Right. And and here's the deal. Right. If if he's gonna say racist jokes that are not that funny. Like it wasn't. It was zero funniness. I, I, I just thought it was a hate speech. To tell you the truth, that's that's what it sounded like to right. me. Um, but let's say it, let's say it was funny, and a group of people thought it was hilarious. And, right. And uh, you, that's fine. But let's say a larger group didn't like it, and let's just say another group said, "All right, well, we want a voice that we don't like it." I think that's allowed, right? And if you want, and if you're canceled because of that. I think that's allowed too. That's right. That's, Why not? That's the market responding to you. Right. Your product so is not welcome. You, you know? can have your freedom of speech. Right. But your employer has the freedom to get rid of you if they disagree with it. If Absolutely. it doesn't go with the culture right. of the company. Right. And and that works as long as it's not we start getting like forget about, you know, even race stuff. Just anything that would be offensive to anybody. As long as right. we don't create this culture, which we're kind of starting to create now where there's a minority of people who are super fucking sensitive and get offended at almost anything and they have just a very loud voice. Right. And then the next thing you know, everyone, you know, it's, it's becoming a communist country where you, you know, you have to watch every you, fucking where, word that where, you say. Where you just, yeah, where you're walking on eggshells, every, especially as an entertainer, comedian. Yeah. And comedians specifically, right? Yeah, you have to be really smart in how you dodge this. Listen, this is... You know, navigate through can I be, this. Can, uh, can I be honest? I wasn't offended. Like I wasn't because with Shane Gillis? yeah, with Shane Gillis. So I, my, my interpretation and my thinking was like, like I was like wondering why are people so up in arms about it? Like Asians. what? No, seriously, you Uncle Tom? No, dude, <laughs> no, yo. But yeah, but but my uh, my my uh, perspective was okay. This guy, he told, okay, he was saying the, these things. Okay, definitely racist, definitely not funny, but he's a comedian. Mm. And I, I don't like comedians. I don't want to restrict them from you know if they're doing if they're saying something, then let them say it. Because I love it. That's, all right. That's, so that's, what, what if you said that about Hispanics, blacks, Jews? Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gays. <laughs> I mean, that's 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 if that's like his his shtick, then that's his shtick. Not not everyone should agree with it. I mean, like I don't I don't agree with it, but I wasn't super offended because the fact that he's a comedian. Nah, I, I, I'm, I'm offended. If if he crossed any of those lines, I just don't think, I I just, in in that context, in the way mm-hmm. he did it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was I was definitely offended. That was my initial reaction. Was like, just so you don't think he was, uh, my initial he, reaction, like, do, like, so do you think he was uh being trying to be funny, trying to be funny? That's like, his, like, not, not like at that, that moment. I, yeah, I didn't know yeah. he was a comedian. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I was just it, it looked like I was watching a right. podcast. At so that, that was moment, my initial but then, reflex. Was but then to at go, that moment, then then you find out that he's a comedian. So what happens? Like, does your uh, it doesn't change because that shit wasn't or... funny. Well, see, but then it's it's also it's, it's a double... and it wasn't like he was standing yeah, I agree. on stage. It's not funny. I agree. Like he it's was trying funny. to connect it to something. Doesn't have to right? be a stage if you're a comedian. You could now, be comedian. Like anywhere. I said, like I wasn't rooting for him to get fired or mm-hmm. or, or, or have like you right. know get like death was, threats or anything like that. I'm not rooting. for I was actually surprised violence, he got fired. That right, quickly. but I wasn't. But, but, no, I wasn't. But 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 here, here, what I'm saying, like if you're saying something about my group that I identify with. Mm-hmm. Whether it's it's black, Asian, Spanish, gays, I have friends from all over. I get to, I get to feel offended. Mm. Why not? Like mm-hmm. that's just how I feel. I'm not looking for yeah. something to be offended. That's just how you made me feel. Right. And you're telling me it's wrong 
to feel a certain way. No, no, like, I'm not saying it's wrong. Right? People have their. No, no, I'm own, not saying yeah. that you're saying that, but I'm I'm saying like they're on the other side. So I'm, that's just how I feel. I could feel that way. I could mm-hmm. feel offended. I'm not looking to feel offended. But if that's how I initially feel, because I just didn't think it was funny, right? I thought it was whack, everything about it. So mm-hmm. I could, I, yeah, I'm offended on two fronts. Like that shit wasn't funny, right? right. And number two, you know, you're talking about my people, in and in, in it sounds like a real mm-hmm. hateful way, mm-hmm. you know. See, I appreciate like, I like that you feel that way, Norm, because that that you know that means you're erring on the side of like, I right, let him talk his shit. He's a comedian. It shouldn't be taken, you yeah. know, it should be taken with a grain of salt. The opposite side of that sword is that, like, so I'm Jewish, and sometimes, like, especially in like Middle Eastern press and like in the past, talk about like World War II era, they would have caricatures of Jews. You know, they would draw these cartoons with these, you know, giant hook noses, and they're holding money money bags bags and stuff like that. So, and then if someone's like, and that happened recently, I think it was like in an an Italian newspaper, they had like some cartoon with that, with a caricature of a Jew. And they were like, it's a joke. You know, we were just making a joke about it. Oh, actually, you know what it was? It was a festival, I think, in Italy. Mm-hmm. Don't, if I'm wrong, which country it was. It was somewhere overseas mm-hmm. where they make these giant uh, animatronic puppets. And they made one of a giant Jew holding bags of what? money, like the beginning of Borat, you know, where he's yeah, chasing yeah, yeah, the yeah, egg, yeah, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And listen, you can say that's funny and it's all in good jokes, but, you know, eventually. Right. And I bet a lot of these people that you know they don't really have any Jewish friends, or or no. or whatnot that's making fun of it. They're from the outside looking of in, of course. And this is what the media is telling. This right. is what they're consuming, right? They're saying that uh, uh, this whole freaking group is like this, and it's right. not true because I have Jewish friends that are very generous, right? That'll pop bottles and pay for that whole, right? Thing well, we have that, something to that prove. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> like they'll go <laughs> at the extra mile to be generous with me, and and vice versa. I mean, the, the love's there. So I, I mean, I don't agree that everybody from that racial group is a certain way it just doesn't even make sense. i know i know black people that can't ball i know asian people that are terrible at math right Ter- absolutely like terrible you know and i know jews that are very generous right so it, it, it's yeah i i just think those group of people that that want to you know make fun uh i bet you they don't of a certain group mm. they don't have friends mm. or connections or anybody close that right from that group right you know, when, when they're doing it in that way. Right. When they're doing it in that way. Stereotyping is just stupid. It's, but it's inherent in our brain because it's how our brains make sense of the world. You know, like especially if you don't know somebody or somebody's right. culture. Just assume. Your brain yeah. sucks in as much like pieces of information and then it hears all the other racist shit that spit out. And yeah. then you create this caricature in your head. But like, you know, luckily for people like us, I don't know what your, you know, friendships were like when you were younger grew up with so many different types of people you realize that each individual human being is a completely different They're entity completely it's different. so different every human is a million times different than the next person like Absolutely. i've never met two people that were identical people they might have similar attributes they might act people are so complex that to to believe to generalize that, yeah, to generalize yeah. it's right. it's just not intelligent but, but to anyone defending shane gillis right what i will say is you know, in what saying, capacity, though? Going to the fullest, mm. right? Publicly, standing out, and right. if they're a celebrity, how, where was that for Kramer? Where was where was that energy for Kramer? Where right. was that energy for Roseanne? Mm, well, Roseanne, I think, got a short end of the stick. I don't right. think that was right. What happened? So right. I'm I'm just saying, but nobody stood in. Well, you know, I didn't see someone get on a stage and and no. really go to bat for her. Nobody. And 
I, I'm just I, I don't see any of that. It's it, because it's the it's a why, it's cancel culture. Why, it's the society we live in right but now. But why do you, why why you have all these celebrities, uh, you know, going to bat for Shane Gillis? Are they? Oh yeah. Really? Who? Yeah. Norm McDonald's a big one. I love Norm McDonald. Yeah. Uh, David Spade. <laughs> yeah, he's not racist. Let me tell you. Bill Burr and I fucking love Bill Burr. Okay. Oh, man, I love Bill yeah, my, Burr. My, my, my comedian I patriots love Bill Burr. I just I just I just got on him onto him. And what? He is, Dude, he you're is, missing out. I, he's awesome. His interviews are hilarious. Everything yeah. about this guy is hilarious. I love and he, him. And he has, a, he has a black wife. So he <laughs> yeah. So he kind of has but, that past too. But, you know, the, but, they're, but they're going. That's what I'm saying though. Like how come. Like I haven't heard these guys stand up for any of their fellow comedians. Right. And mm-hmm. Shane Gillis. I think. They're, they're getting. I, I just want to understand why. Well, I. Well, I you know? Comparing it to the, the shit with Kramer, I don't think it's a good comparison. I think the. What happened with Kramer was just bizarre. I think he just he. Lo- I was like I was saying he, he was lost getting it. he was getting heckled. Yep. From what I heard, he's not the greatest stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. I'm not the greatest stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm, let me just preface it with mm-hmm. that. But what I heard is he's not like the strongest stand-up comic. You know, he's a good actor. He's a comedic actor, mm-hmm. and he just didn't know how to handle it. You know, he just he lost his shit and and he said and he said racist shit and he said racist shit because he, he thought- meant. He thought it was going to be funny. Yes. So let's just so that's parallel to Shane Gillis. I, no, because Shane not, he said something that he thought was going to be funny. I don't think he thought it. How don't? How could you think that was so funny? You think, so you, I, 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 that's I'm, the problem I have with I'm it with is that I don't think he even put it out there going, "I'm going to make you guys laugh now by <laughs> by mispronouncing an L with an R." So you know, you, like, so do you think he was going for that? Um, that um, like wow factor, no, trying to trying to I, get people riled up. So I I think at that moment at that moment. I think yeah. part of it, I think, is is uh, it's a cockiness that young comics get, mm-hmm. is that I can just say whatever the fuck I want to so, say. So you think that he was more deliberate? I think mm-hmm. I, I think it was because it was so less funny and more of just small talk right. banter. It made it more disgusting. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. It's more disgusting than the other examples. Right? Why are these people standing? I'll, up? I'll tell you why. Because it's a slippery slope. Okay, I'm not saying I'm for Shane Gillis, right, right? But it's a slippery slope. Before people start getting checked for everything Every that they thing. said, and and the backstory with with Shane Gillis again, like you saw a stand up, it's funny. What I heard was that when somebody found out that he got cast on Saturday Night Live, this was somebody who was like a nemesis of his, went into the catalog and basically looked at every fucking video and every podcast and everything that he had to, try to, get to find because he's like he probably knew he's like oh I know this guy he uses like slurs every now and then he's like I'm gonna find a bit and he went through all of his shit yeah and he found this five seconds you know it was laziness almost you know well I, I, it was like two minutes but like I, I mean I don't know I, I I still don't think that that's right I don't think it's right either yeah but but I it, it still doesn't explain to me I still can't understand for the life of me why these other comedians will go to will stand up for him and and not for the other comedians like they're not giving everyone the same energy like like whom who else should they have stood up for like Roseanne you think Roseanne a lot of people stood up for Roseanne comics comics real comics comics on, on that love like who which which comics? I don't know I don't I don't watch anything that doesn't that's, have me that's, starring that's in the thing it. like uh, exactly <laughs> I I don't know too many comics that really like publicly on Twitter. Well, she's constantly. She's to... touring with Dice Clay right now. I'm gonna go see Dice okay. and uh, Roseanne. I think next week. I okay. think they're doing the cellar in the city. Okay. But like, yeah, he stood up for her. You she, know, she's not done. Like Kramer is <laughs> done. Listen, I saw what she said, and like, I, I think it could be interpreted a couple of different ways. But if I also, you know, you also should, you know. 
people are allowed to make mistakes. And I actually, I apologized on my Facebook a few days ago for stuff that I'm going to get in trouble for a couple of years from now. Because mm-hmm. I know I've said some stupid things on my show. But I also know that anytime I say something, I say it deliberately. And I, right. I let you know where my heart and my intention is. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm down with forgiving people. And I, and I know people change. I'm, I'm, I know so many people that changed their point of view on things and just became amazing human beings. Right. right? Uh, now, I don't think Shane Gillis... Was even his his apology was well. Whack. He didn't apologize. That's exactly. The thing. He didn't. Well, he he used the word apology or yeah. Or, he's but he, the, I apologize to anyone who's offended. Yeah, yeah. Something like half ass apology, right? Not like I'm sorry for saying something offensive. Yeah, like my right. bad guys. Like right. it was a hater digging up right. old shit. And, like right. if he if he said some shit like that, the truth. I'm telling you, like like two thirds of Asians would have went, all right, you got it, right? right. You got it. Be it like it was. It would have took the energy away from canceling his Absolutely. ass, right? So, so like, looking back at his apology, do you think that's really, like, his he real... He doubled per- down. Right, right. His apology, so, re- what's what it shows, reinforces, so, like... It, sh- it reinforces, it shows, shows him who really who he really is right. towards other... He basically said, I'm sorry, you're sorry. Pretty much. Yeah, you know? yeah I'm sorry, you're sorry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, uh, listen, if he would have straight from the get... Been Again, like, I don't understand why people are going to bat for him. It just... I didn't realize so many were. You know? Yeah, yeah, there's a lot. And I'm not even naming all of them, but those are the relevant right. um, folks. You know, um, but, but it's like you said, yeah. if, if he would have from the get been like, hey, listen, it was just lazy banter and like childish, stupid, stereotypical bullshit that I said, and I'm not proud of it, and I apologize. I think that would have been yeah, a squash Even thing. if he said, like, probably, like, you know, I was just trying to, you know, get people riled up, getting a laugh. I fucked right. up, you know. Yeah, I, I would have forgave him. Like, yeah. off the bat, I was like, all right, let's see what you can do. In people say stupid shit all the time, you know. <laughs> people say, yeah. I mean, we're flawed. Right. I and mean, we're going to say stupid things. And, and God knows, like, if, if social media was around when I was a teenager, oh, my gosh. Fucked. Yeah. The crazy things that I have have done as a kid. Yeah. I, instead, you know, being with the, you know, just being with the wrong group. Right. And then you know they're they're jumping off a bridge. You're jumping off a bridge metaphorically, and you know you're, you're going to be clumped in with that, right? And I get it. I get it. In the moment, you can think it's right, and retroactively looking back at it, you're like, "Holy shit!" Like you know, how many um, nights have we had where we woke up the next day and we go, "Fuck!" <laughs> you're screaming into the pillow like, "Oh shit!" Like, or, just, like what did I do? How yeah. many nights this week did I? <laughs> <laughs> That's, so I, I want to hang out with I, you. I, I <laughs> no, you get don't, it, man. <laughs> I, I, I get it, man. I, I people say shit, man. I get it. But then to come out like that, and and whether people are saying, "Come on, man, just apologize, just say something, right? Just make it right, man. Just make it right." And he couldn't even do that. He mm. couldn't even do that right. No. So that that to me just went all right. Then you know you made your bed. So now you got to sleep in it. Now you see what happens. But, but, you know, we we discussed on uh, Low and Jiggles podcast how Saturday Night Live. Well, this was my. Uh, my partner's uh, Jonathan Kaplan. His his philosophy was that SNL is is uh, like the forefront of the establishment. Like you're, you know, like that's you know the the king's court. You know that's where like all the new upcoming mm-hmm. comedians go. So the world that we live in right now basically said that's not what's allowed. Like, right. We just don't allow that. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. You know, th- the world's changing. We can't keep holding on to that. It's going to change whether we like it or not. Right. Whether we embrace it. Or not, and if you can't beat them, join them. That's an old saying, right? Right. Uh, just, just think about it. Like, I mean, what if we never changed or had progressive ideas, right? And or, or where one time slavery was normal, mm. right? And you know, Ch- Asians were Chinese people were brought here as slaves, indentured servants, yeah, servants, right. right. So, 
of course, there was a whole mess of people going. The Jews built all the pyramids. No. Right. Hell no. Exactly. So they're all going, hell no. We want our slaves. What is this? Next do you know, you're cancel culture. Right. Like, you know what I mean? It, it, it's a, I mean, I'm using a very extreme example. Right. But it takes things like that for us to move society forward for the right. better. Right. Right. I mean, what if, what if, uh, you know, you're part of a minority group. You have a kid, mm. right? And you, okay, let's say you you marry a white lady and you're white. All right, fine. But what if you? Do, what if your kid's gay? Mm. Now, or, you know what I mean? You're, now the gay jokes are gonna offend you. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna feel that right. type of way. So that's what I'm saying. Like, we I get it. I I, I don't know if it's cancel culture. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, they want to label that. It sounds a fancy marketing term, and it, it really helps them right. make their point. Right. But at the same time. I think we need things like that to kind of correct. I'm all about compassion. You know, I'm a vegan, you know, so I'm a softy. And I think anything that pushes society towards being kinder, less violent, you know, you know, better people, that's absolutely great. Right. But we, you know, we've got to, you know, there has to be checks and measures because it can, you know, anything to too extreme is not good for society. Yeah. Like like something like this, you know, you don't want it to, to lead to full on like censorship, you know, of what people say. I'm with that. Right. But we can't have it the other end where where it's all right to say say shit like that about yeah. Asians and think that it's okay. And think that we're just all going to yeah. sit but, s- sit on our asses but it and goes, not speak up, you know? It goes back to what you first said. It's that you can go and do that shit and if people want to pay and listen to you say those types of things, those are your people. Go do that. Mm-hmm. But mainstream society is giving it a thumbs down, and we're just not going to, you know, like, I'm, again, I'm mentioning vegan again because I just like telling people I'm vegan because that's what vegans do. Mm-hmm. But, like, so your votes in this world is your money. So whatever you spend your money on, if you're not paying for this guy special because you're offended, that's uh, your vote. Yep. If I'm not buying meat, that's my vote. You right. know what I'm saying? So people use their money, and that's what decides, you know, what right. shapes society. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's how people lose sponsorships. They lose deals, like in this case. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what happens. You know, it messes with your money. Right. New York is one of the most politically correct Mm -hmm. cities in the world. So I can can see where we're heading. Because I go, you know, like I'm in open mics during the week. I do shows during the week. I do other people's podcasts. I can... I can see where it is. On podcasts, it's one thing, though, you know, because that's kind of like what it is. You know, you, you get three dudes in a room, they forget, like, this is being recorded. You know, yeah. shit you're saying, every single word is going to be shared. Right. Yeah. I, I'm, I still have the, the rape reference I made earlier echoing around in my head, going, oh, you fucking idiot, man. You have to say that stupid joke. <laughs> but but there's, a, there's a reasoning behind that. Like, when you're referencing something like that, right. there's a reasoning behind it. Now, it, like, if you go back to what Shane said, it was definitely, like, you know, he's describing something, but it's not, you know, there was no point to it, right? Right. It was just lazy banter. Yeah. Yeah, right. it was just. And they should was. take the time out because real Chinese food is delicious. Oh, yo, hey, you see those ducks hanging on the that, window? That was the most <laughs> offensive part to Will. Like, <laughs> you was, fucking, you know how good this like, shit. Yeah, <laughs> roasted like, wow. duck. Get out. Like, of here. First of all, we don't put MSG in the food. Not all places. Do. Was it That's you like, who brought home an entire pig the other day on Instagram? Yeah, that was you, right? Yeah, yeah. I showed it to my kid. Love it. I like. I like to. I'm like, like. I'm like. You know what pork is? Let me show you. You know what? I I swear. Like people like. Like uh, vegans, because I'm friends, right? Um, like, there's um, not friends, followers, right. On Instagram that that I know that uh, that follow me that are vegan, and I'm like, oh man, they watch it. <laughs> they're gonna feel some type of way, like I'm a monster. No, not at all. <laughs> well, you know, I'll tell you, yeah. the one thing I I like about anything about people and anything that I deal with is reality. Like, be mm-hmm. real with it, dude. Like, you know, 
vegans, you know, the the way that meat is presented to you in this world, it's 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 not a pig. It's a slice of bacon or mm-hmm. it's a piece of ham. It's you know, uh, people don't put one and one together. At least you know, in the Asian culture. The shit still has a face on it. Here okay, there's no denying. There's eyes. Yeah. There's a nose. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. I, I, the whole like thing. my kid's not a vegan. I don't force my kid to be vegan. He's six right. years old, you know. Right. But like, he loves pork. I, I want him. He does. He, he told me, <laughs> and, and he's a half Jew. He shouldn't be eating it. But like, <laughs> he told me he loves bacon. And uh, but like, I want him to know, like, you know, okay, you like pigs, but this is what you're eating. And I wanted him to see it. I'm like that. And, he, and he, his fucking jaw dropped. He couldn't oh. believe it. You know, I don't think you he broke ever, the you broke the glass. I don't think he ever oh, saw. Wow. Like, you know, like the full. My kids were right there. They're five and three. Right. And they saw it. And at first, they didn't want it. And I just put a little bit in them. With, like, <laughs> with the sauce. With that, with that see how barbecue sauce. It is. It would, and then they wanted it with the skin. They, they didn't even see it like as a source of, I mean, they saw it as a source of food and right. nutrition and deliciousness. Right. They didn't see it that it was like a living animal. I think it's one thing. We go to a farm and they become friends with a pig. They're right. They're going to want it. Were right. they hesitant in the beginning when he saw the face and everything? They, they were just curious. Oh, curious. My kids are They didn't know what it was. Yeah, because I'm always no. presenting new things to them. Right. So, you know, I could... Blowing know, their mind every day. Yeah. Coincidentally, my first vegan moment was a ch- I was a child. I was maybe a year younger than my son, maybe five years old. My mother started dating my stepfather at the time. And he brought us all to a Chinese restaurant. And he brought us to a Chinese restaurant. And then he ordered Peking duck. Mm-hmm. And oh, that's delicious. I know. Well, later in my in my obese years, I fucking knew, you know. But like, <laughs> listen, I'm only been vegan for three or four years now. But that's a long time. I, it's it's a good amount of time. Good amount yeah. of time. Yeah. But he orders a Peking duck, and at the time, Donald Duck was my hero. I used to carry around my little oh, Donald Duck stuffed uh, animal wow. with me everywhere I went. And I went, what? Because you know, uh, uh, American kids, we don't eat duck you know like you're always having chicken and this and that like that just becomes noise but then duck duck i flipped out i started crying hysterically and they ended up canceling the peking duck that was my first vegan moment yeah and then i grew to be the size of a house eating things like peking duck so (laughs) man that shit was delicious and then throw circle you know you're and now i'm and now i'm miserable No, you're not. You love it, right? No, I would never. No, I feel good. You look good, man. I feel great. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah. I I actually thought about uh, doing it. I was actually talking with my wife, and and we were going like. Just like, "Eh." hey, maybe. (laughs) At first she was, and and after a little more, like, nudging. uh, Because, you know, we're going to have to do it together. I'm not just going to have, like, make two different dinners. She's not going to make two different dinners. Right. It's it's, uh, you know, it's got to be a team effort. Listen. Three different dinners because the kids. Half yeah. of you know half of it's like an ethical thing, but like one of the best benefits. I and mean, if you ever look at it, if you look up these people who have been vegan mm-hmm. for fifty years, there's this there's this black lady. I think she's seventy something years old. Right. They had they did a documentary on her and her husband, and they're just talking to her for the first five minutes. She fucking looks. First of all, black people age much better, regardless. But she's like seventy something years old, and she looks like she's in her thirties. And then they show you her husband, and the guy looks like he's in the fucking deathbed. You know, and he says he goes, "I really wow. wish I would have." changed all those years ago when my wife did and i don't know if it's genetics or what it is but if you know i'm 40 years old mm. if you see me next to my friends who've been eating this garbage mm. you know for the last decade that's a, that's testament right it, you, know, you, know, you are what you eat you are you what eat you like eat shit, man you're yeah. gonna, you're well you're gonna eating death so yeah. you become what you eat and people didn't used to eat as much animals as they do well, now pl- plants to be fair plants are also living things you have to kill you know, you have to. You have yeah, to kill them. Yeah, you would. You know, it's weird saying that, but you they, would they, to, they give the plants, oxygen. You so. would. You would kill the it's, plants. It's, 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 as soon as you eat it, it's, it's plants are die. alive, but they're not sentient. 
They don't have right. intelligence. They don't right. feel right. pain. They don't feel right. fear. That you know, but plants actually communicate with one another too in the wild. Right. They they communicate so. the same way. Like in, in our human, we're humanizing it, right? Mm. So we're humanizing, saying, "Oh, they must. They they can't. You know, they can't communicate, or or, or they they don't have feelings. Like uh, it, it seems like that in our human brain. But whatever, we're wrong. Right. So, uh, I remember growing up, they were telling me dogs don't have um, everything. They lost. <laughs> you still have the GPS trying to get out. <laughs> but they, when I was growing up, what wow, were, no, not me. Okay, that's uh, weird. I guess it's yeah. mean. There's no way. When I was growing up, they would say uh, dogs, animals didn't have souls. They didn't. They couldn't feel. Um, like like make decisions. Mm. They couldn't communicate and talk to each other. Right. And now we find that whales, dolphins, right. they have a complex right. language. That's right. They speak with one another. If anyone's a dog owner, when I finally own, you know, a couple of dogs, right. uh, I see that they communicate. Of and course. they And they look at my body language to communicate. And they, they have certain barks, too, where mm. they could differentiate from a playful bark mm-hmm. to a somebody's knocking on the door bark. Right. I'm gonna, so there's, there's different forms of pitch, right. body language. Right. So... Plants they give out when they're in danger. There's certain plants that give out certain odors to warn the other plants around it. Mm-hmm. So that, in our human brain, we think, oh, like just on the front cover, oh, it doesn't look or move like us and speak. Loud, right. So yeah, it, it, no, right. like so I, I don't know. I think it, as long as it responds to his environment, it could. There's a chance. I think I get it. You know, but but again, like you're talking about your dog, so you see the complexity of this animal that you were told doesn't communicate and doesn't do this and doesn't mm-hmm. do that. I don't see how, and again, I'm not judging, mm-hmm. but, you know, after, you know, I've, I had a dog. I loved him to death. I was mm-hmm. a terrible owner, but mm-hmm. I loved him to death. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up getting two cats. I inherited them from my divorce with my ex. Right. And I feel like I almost credit it to my cats finally being pushed over the edge because you you realize that, you know, this creature that's, you know, supposed to be so simple and it shits in a box and... You realize there's a you know there's a so many levels of complexity and so many emotions and fear and pain love. and love and they have capacity so for I, all that. But I, they, they they express it because you could see it. Right. But what was explaining like you know you we probably the plants or uh, they probably express it, but we just we don't have the complexity or the knowledge to kind of see right because we're humanizing it. Right. Like how do we know for sure? That's what we I'm saying. Well, we don't how know do we, anything. How do we, how do we know, know plants for don't sure have eyes? If 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 I don't know about either, <laughs> but but how do we know for sure if we're pulling a root out, if we're cutting a fucking tree down, that that's that the tree's not going? What the fuck? We we listen. You know how do we know that? We don't know anything for sure, but we do have science. But then, so, so we know yeah. there's no central nervous system. Right. We know there's no okay. core. There's no brain. I'm not saying that they feel pain. What right. I'm saying in, in terms of like physical pain, but in terms of survival, and, and, right. and they're going like, holy shit, what the fuck is going on? Like what is but that's this? self awareness? I really I. I, I, listen, there's no way I can prove it, and there's no way you know we can say anything as a definite. Right. I, I feel like um, like plant organisms almost act like symbiotically with themselves. Like they all operate under one hive mind. Then, then why, what I'm saying, like, what, then why, why would a plant in the wild know that when a certain animal comes and eat, eats it, mm-hmm. it's, it starts releasing odors and letting all the other plants know about it? That's right. that seems like a real. It's communicating. Well, 
animals do that, but they see like a, a you know, if a meerkat or a rabbit, if they're hanging out with their group and they see a, a hawk, they're going to go, oh, shit, look. Well, this is yeah, becoming a, like a, then a theological thing because I, you know, these I believe are things that the creator, when he created, you know, life, engineered everything perfectly so that it would all grow where it's supposed to and the levels that it's supposed to. Right. Some of it's supposed to be eaten. The stuff that gets eaten, uh, the, the other plants releases the, the odor to keep the rest from eating, from being ate so that they can continue on. I don't necessarily think it's, uh, you know, it's making a, a thought like this is how we're going to survive. It's just a matter of the mechanics of so the way that's, they function. That's, that's exactly goes back to my point. It, it's when I was raised, everyone's telling me animals don't have are the same thing that they're like yeah machines 100 percent yeah. instinct right and then as i got older i realized hell no there's no way this is 100 percent instinct right right they're saying that's just pure programming there's no free will involved right. and now i'm hearing that same correlation but with plants people are backtracking on animals right. but they're saying that about plants now right and i'm just now i'm just like okay what if we're wrong again mm. that's that's all i'm saying i'm not saying that plants conclusively have feelings and can speak and have eyes. Um, I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is that I'm open right. to, to, to things that I may not know and understand. That, well, that's that it's have. a strong possibility that, that it, I could be wrong here. Well, in, in maybe 10 or 15 years when artificial intelligence passes our own intelligence that's going to be another thing that we're going to have to deal with because oh, we're going to get judged oh boy we're yeah. going to be judged by this artificial intelligence and they're going to look at us like look at these fucking dumb dogs you guys are food right <laughs> well yeah maybe they're going to want to fucking eat us on, <laughs> on the flip side how about if artificial intelligence has feelings yeah that's what i'm saying are, are we going to classify yeah. it are we going to like take it to court right and do certain are we going to allow them to move around society and right. blend in with humans start dating them that's yeah Inter I don't think that I think that's going to be one of the first things that we're just going to start fucking robots swipe right that's that's how we're going to start integrating right I, mean, I think like, that's already happening already, yeah, they're, they're, fucking, fucking they're, already, robots. they're yeah. already fucking robots my dad built one in the 90s <laughs> very primitive version <laughs> of it <laughs> but <laughs> I think it's more advanced right now hey, so. he used what he was given yeah, right? he, was, yeah. he was playing with the cards he was dealt yeah exactly but yeah, I, 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 that's how we're gonna start, and we're already integrating with that. And there's people that's gonna want to marry their robots. Mm. There's people. Oh, people. There's people who want to marry like their sex and like sex dolls right now. Yeah, there oh, are. are there? Yeah, See. in Japan, it's there a huge thing. It, it, it's listen. It's that's gonna honestly. I think that more than cars, more than the internet, is gonna change society tremendously over the course of the next twenty years. Artificial intelligence. Artificial sex bots. Oh. Okay. Because you know. First of all, the biggest driving factor of everything in the world, war, money, everything, uh -huh. it all boils down to sex. You think so? 100%. Every, anytime someone's going after money- Explain yourself, sir. Okay. Uh, why does a guy want money? He wants to be rich and powerful because he wants to make himself the most attractive. That's how we judge the hierarchy. That's how it's the same thing as, you know, if we were a pack of wolves. Every which guy ones, wants the biggest dick in the room. Which one's I mean, the, the, the... Every guy wants to have the biggest dick in the, the room. The, well, every female wolf wants to be with the wolf that can provide the best, that is the most attractive, that, ha, you know... Alpha male. The alpha male. And that is the same when it comes to money and power and prestige. So when it comes down to it, war and everything else comes down to sex. It all comes down to... A man trying to raise his equity status. up, his status mm -hmm. up, uh, and it's not necessarily always a man. It could be a woman, too. Anytime it's a human being trying to 
make themselves more powerful, more affluent. It's it comes down to sex. It's you know, I mean, maybe there's you know the very rare one in a million person who has you know this great philosophy of making the world a better place. But for the most part, that's what it's all about. So when you insert you know this mechanical artificial intelligence, or even if it's just a dumb robot, that people are now. I don't have to go and you know search for the most beautiful woman. I can have sex with my robot. I'll pull it out of the closet. I plug it in for half an hour and I, I fuck it and I go to sleep. That I charge it at night. That pulls. You know that takes away a lot of the the fight and the and the you know the competition for everything. You know, especially if you can make a robot that looks as beautiful as the most beautiful right. woman in the world. So that that's basically going to kill the no fat movement. <laughs> um. I, I, I think right, there's that's the whole point of the no fat movement so so that they don't become emperors and, and what's the no fat movement no fat where you're not oh no fat no fat F A P yeah 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 fat 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 yeah no fat no no fat movement well I mean I, I, so. the future I, I, listen I think you ever seen um what's that fucking movie I forgot AI no 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 the one of, with Michael Judge the one who made the, the Office Space he made the next one uh, oh idiocracy idiocracy yeah I think that's the future I think everyone's just gonna be fucking stupid I think there's gonna just Bane. be I think people just are gonna be superficial st- stuck in the house they're not gonna get in better shape they're gonna be fatter everything's gonna be automated and they're gonna just have sex with their robot and fuck but there's gonna be a faction of people who are anti absolutely idiocracy right you know, yeah, movement, yeah. That's, but then. I, I disagree with that only because I feel like there's an innate quality about humans mm. where we need to have a sense of purpose outside of sex, uh, whether it be sex, but even from whatever standpoint, we need a sense of purpose. Otherwise, we fall into a depression. Right. Right. So we have this need to get shit done, to evolve, to become better versions of ourselves, whatever that may be. Um but at the same time, I do agree. We are becoming more lazy? introverted. No, well, I, I wouldn't say lazy because I, I really believe energy always has to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, whether And if you hold it tight enough, is it'll become very toxic like a kid or anyone that has a high-energy dog will know if you don't exercise that dog, your house is going to get tore up. Same right. with a kid. high energy. And as an adult, if you don't have anyone to parent you, you don't do anything with that energy, it turns very toxic. Toxic thoughts, depression, negativity, right. talking shit about other people, mm-hmm. you know, just lazy thinking, you mm-hmm. know. But I think humans need a sense of purpose in order to to feel fulfillment. I think that's, that's true happiness. They need love. They need love. They, right. and, and they're not going to get that. I mean... Like there's some people that's jerking off all day, uh, sitting at home eating ice cream. But eventually they're gonna have enough, and they're gonna be like, "Fuck that shit." I mean, it's not gonna ruin society. <laughs> like right now, the, look, David Goggins is a perfect example. I'm not saying he, he was fapping all over. Who's but, David Goggins? Oh my gosh, this guy is crazy inspiration, man. Okay. So he was this guy that was super overweight. Uh, people would always tear him down, call him the N word. Like oh, he, I know exactly who he is. The the dude who was in the ABC, military, yeah, and then he just got into most. He's, I follow him. And he's he, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. ridiculous. And this yeah. guy turns into a Navy SEAL, breaks the right. world record for pull ups, and right. And now he's inspiring. Like, I mean, that's just a short resume. That's just a yeah. small summary of what this right. guy's actually achieved. Yeah. Like that, he's a shit. I feel like, so lazy legit. when I look at his. Instagram. Seriously, I feel like <laughs> holy shit. How can I get? It's that? amazing, but I mean, the guy he just proves, you know, and. And so he was there. So he was that type of person that would just sit down, being lazy, really low on himself. Right. And he just, the human 
nature inside just had enough. Well, you guys know that. You guys know my story. You know how much I used to weigh, right? Yeah. 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 So listen. We should show a picture. Actually, we'll post it up. Do you have so. a fat, old fat picture? No, you showed me oh. your picture the, back then, back in the day. The one with me and all the girls? Um, I don't know. You were in a kind of a, 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 a dress shirt. Um, I'll yeah. find it. Anyway, yeah. uh, what I'm saying is that I believe in the human nature. I think uh, I may be too optimistic in that's this. That's what I think. I think you're really right? optimistic. But I believe that there's going to be a strong group of humans that's there's, I mean, there are people that's just going to continue to be late. There's people like that now right. that'll just sit at home and do nothing all day, and they're fine with that. Right. Right? They, they, you know, <laughs> they're fine with that. But there's other people that's just going to face face whatever their fears are. Right. They're going to attack it. They're going to go conquer it. And I think that will be um, – I don't think that will be the minority. I really now, – now, now, I don't think that they're going to go achieve – like David Goggins level type of stuff, but they're gonna get up off their asses. They're gonna actually gonna do things to be outside to meet people because they're gonna see how wonderful that is, and that in itself is addicting. I get it. I hundred percent get it. But the thing is, I still think the the way society's going, we're breeding a society that's gonna be lazier, more complacent, do less, fatter. I think they'll still be. The David Goggins and the Joshua mm. Pallets of the world mm. who are going to say, I don't want to be a fucking a fat piece of shit. Mm. And I don't want to like sit in my house all day doing nothing. But I think, you know, when you make it easier to do it, when, you know, like, listen, I'm not here to diss it. But let's say you give everybody universal, you know, income and all of a sudden you're getting fifteen hundred dollars a month and your mm. rent is paid mm. and everything is automated and your food is getting delivered to you right. and your sex bot is in the closet. I think you'll find I, I, there's only so much sex you can have with your robots. Speak for yourself. After, after that, you're, you're still gonna you're you're gonna still want another portion of your life to feel fulfillment. Think about it. if if you're fucking a robot all the time, you're gonna get used to it. Right, but you're, we're you're, gonna you're, become desensitized. So what's your next what's your next hit of dopamine? But that's you a, gotta get shit done. But that's the that's the thing we're talking about. We're, you're talking about just sex now. When artificial intelligence in 15 years from now surpasses our own. You don't think it's gonna be if something is more intelligent than you. You don't think it's gonna be able to trick you into feeling. That love or that thing that's missing in your life, you can be able to get that from something. Anything with a higher intelligence than you will be able here's, to Here's that. what I will say. If it, then, then we would have to alter reality for that. You would have to literally, like this is some future futuristic shit, but lay down in one of those chambers and get all of that thing, right. you know, neurons connect, whatever right. those, I'm saying it like. The but, brain things, yeah. The brain things. They have right? those now. And and then just, and, and the controlled dreams, like you've seen in the movies, oh, what totally do you want to be? You want to be a rock star? Okay, cool. You want to be a famous uh, athlete? Boop, 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 boop. And they put it in, then. That's not science fiction anymore, then, though, Will. Okay. They can do that if, now. If, if that became mainstream, then I would say, Houston, That's, we have a problem. And we do have a problem. And, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, but Elon- sex robots. E- I, I don't think that's gonna that's gonna like ruin society as we know it. Elon Musk the other day he was he did a, a, a he did a whole speech on it and he basically said the end result is in the future we're gonna have one choice and that's gonna be to join with artificial intelligence. He's like there's not gonna be oh I agree. The with only that. way we'll be able to continue as a society is if we plug in like you said and we now work right. with them and they become part of us. I don't think All that's right, going to happen with an All right, guys, we ain't kicked out. So okay. let's continue this. You're a great guest to have. Let's let's have you back on. I, I think we have a lot of conversations Okay. Um, to, to to definitely go on. Um, yeah, we're, we're out. Joshua Pallid on Instagram, yeah. J-O-S-H-U-A-P-A-L-E-D, and Low End Gigolos. Thank yeah. you guys so much. You're listening awesome to Lucky show. Boys Podcast. Uh, we'll yeah, see well, you next time. Uh, for you guys are interested, we'll have